Here we go. Episode 39 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael Merlo. Along with me, I have John Michael Masiri. JM, how are we doing on this fine Monday night? Awful. Couldn't couldn't have more things not going my way right now. I just I just lost in uh, a fantasy football comeback. Mark Andrews put up a 30 spot against me and I lost by four. Um, I just watched the Red Sox advance the LCS, and it's looking like it might be Red Sox Astros, my least two favorite teams in the MLB. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not in the best of mood. I just told you my story about you know my laptop situation with my school. Yeah. So yeah, things things ain't been going my way today. But how are you? You know, pretty good. Um, if I lose in fantasy right now because John and Jonathan Taylor is a Monday Night Miracle, I'll probably be in a worse mood. But as of right now. I'm in a pretty good mood. I'm loving the baseball. It's been great. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just ignore the football in this town, you're you're a okay. I mean, yeah, you're, oh, you're, you're, really you're fine. So that's what I'm kind of been trying to do. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. Unfortunately, we are going to start with some baseball though, because that is just rocking and rolling. Like you said, the Red Sox just upset the Tampa Bay Rays. They advanced to the ALCS, beating the Rays six to five tonight. And they win in four games. They won three straight. Let me just, I'm shocked. Like, I am genuinely shocked that the Boston Red Sox beat the Tampa Bay Rays. Me too. I thought, I thought there was a serious chance that the Rays were going to sweep this series. So did I. Um, and I think we saw that this Rays team is a lot more flawed than we thought. Because when we think about the Rays and we think about, um, you know, the way they play the money ball and use the analytics and everything, we think about their pitching. And the pitching was terrible. And listen, the Red, the Red Sox have a good offense. But I saw what you were about to say there. The the pitching, what? Looked like you were going to go say dog and bleep, and then you oh, didn't. No. <laughs> and the Red Sox, you know, they have a good offense, but the pitching was awful for the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, you oh, yeah, Mark Andrews just scored another touchdown, just to add insult to injury. Anyways, um, he's in another fantasy team. Yeah, the pitching was god-awful. Um, the starting pitching especially. I mean, you had Shane Baz didn't pitch well. Um, McClanahan pitched well in game one, but he came in relief in this game and just was throwing batting practice. I mean, straight-up batting practice. Uh, that so, kid, McClanahan, looked great he did. in that game one. The game one series. Yeah, the game one of the series. His stuff was moving. His fastball had life. I was like, wow, this kid's good. And I had heard about him. I, I heard he was a hard-throwing lefty. I never really watched him. And then, yeah, he, he didn't have it yeah. toward the end here. Just he, – he literally, you know, it was like they were hitting off the tee at one point. Um, and I have to question Kevin Cash a little bit because I wasn't crazy about how he managed this series. And – I know that's kind of the style they play where they don't really ride guys out. Um, pause. They don't really ride yeah, guys out, uh, you know, multiple innings. And, you know, they, they took a column with you uh, after two innings. Oh, please. They want him to go through the lineup twice. I mean, come on, uh, man. What a game. Um, and he, he just – he, he left McClanahan out there too long, in my opinion. Um, even the Randy Arena pinch run – um, late in the game in the eighth inning, that was a little suspect to me because it was a tie game at that point. And Randy Rosarina is a fast player. He's not, you right. know, he's no slow poke, but you know, they had a faster option on the bench. Um, and you know, who's he trying to outsmart? It ended up, yeah, it ended up that they didn't score. And what happens if that game goes into extras and you know, Randy Rosarina is supposed to be up and instead you have 
someone off your bench. So, yeah, the Rays just – I really thought they were going to go to the World Series this year. I thought they had a very legit shot at winning it. Um, and now we'll see where they go from here. This really reminds me of when the A's lost, you know, in Moneyball. Yeah. When the A's lost after the 20-game winning streak, and the A's didn't have a winning streak like that. But it's it's crazy. I, I'm shocked. I didn't think Boston had it. I had said I thought whoever won the wild card game was going to lose to Tampa Bay in three or four games, and Tampa Bay losing in four games. That play on Sunday night was insane with Kevin Kiermaier. Um, he hit the double off the wall that ended up bouncing and then hitting Hunter Renfro going back over the wall. That was pretty crazy. That ended up possibly costing them a run. There were Tampa Bay Rays. They lost. They lost it in the ninth, uh, in the bottom of the thirteenth. So it didn't matter. But it was uh, a wacky series. I have a proposal for that because there was a lot of uproar about that ruling and everything. And people, were... I have a proposal too. You go first. Okay. So there's first of all, I'm I'm not even considering the fact that that should have been a home run. I saw people saying that should be a home run. No, it shouldn't be a home run. It hit the wall and then it hit the ground. So why should it be yeah, a home run? Water bottle. Um. You know how when there's uh, a throwing error and it goes into the stands, they decide, you know, they, they judge how many bases to give the runner based on where they're at in the base yeah. cap. Usually it's one, but yeah. With, with with ground rule doubles, why can't it be the same way? I mean, what was it was Kiermaier, right? Grounding third base? No, it was Yandy Diaz rounding third base. Yandy Kiermaier Diaz. hit the double. Oh, Kiermaier hit it, right. Third. Yandy Diaz was easily going to score on that play. But because of the ground rule double, they ended up getting screwed and he didn't score. So my proposal to that would be do the same thing you do. Like I just said, use your judgment. Is the guy clearly going to score or not? And then award them the run. That never worked. Why not? There's too much. There's too much. judge. You want to put uh, a judgment call into the umpire's okay, hands. Yes, again. It's, agreed. It's way too hard. In a situation where it's that clear, there needs to be something. I mean, come on. What's your what's your proposal? Stop crying about the rule. It happened, and oh, okay. that's it. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, in, in that ballpark, they need a rule for what happened. Like, th- that, a, that, no. that you know play happens do? once you in 90 years. what they need years. to do in that ballpark? They need to place TNT throughout the entire field and blow it up. Because do not I don't, disrespect I don't care Fenway about, Park. Oh, it's, it's, so, it's so old and oh, the nostalgia and the baseball history. Yes, it's very cool. The dimensions thing ever. The dimensions of that park are so stupid, and it's so annoying to watch a game there. I think it's great. I hate it. I hate it so much. And I don't. Are you one of those people that? What? Are you one of those people that believe that every ballpark should be the same dimensions? And no, not necessarily. <laughs> I like I like the way parks are unique, and it's it's different to every sport, but um. I'd at least like some sort of pattern in in the Red Sox stadium, not like a two-year-old just takes a crayon and scribbles a bunch, and that's how you decide. All right, ready? This is what we'll do. I'll give you a proposal. They had to be on, like, acid when they drew out that stadium. Anyways, what? We'll fix we'll fix right field and left field as long as you push the fences back, like, 10, 20 feet. Yankee Stadium. Yankee stadium? Is that a deal? Sure. Yeah. Really? You'd do that deal? No, you wouldn't. I mean, I don't care. It's kind of annoying with the Yankee Stadium, like having to just deal with all the the BS where people like to cry. Um, 
But yeah, if but Fernando it affects Tatis, your team positively. But if Fernando Tatis hits a 325-foot home run at Petco Park, which is also like the, the second shortest right field in baseball, uh, you know, they'll they'll post them everywhere on social media and people will call them the goat, but whatever. Yeah, they're a dump, they're a dumpster fire. All right, we need I need to talk about with this Red Sox Rays game. And obviously, we've only been talking about the Rays, really, but the Red Sox, yes, it is very Impressive, impressive that they they feel it feels like a different vibe if it almost feels like the 2018 vibe or like this team for some right. reason i don't know if it's the and manager. this is why they're like special they're a special group and this is why i think the whole thing about there's a certain formula to win in the playoffs and everything is such bs mm-hmm. because the red sox just mashed their way through this series like let's stop acting like Starting pitching, you need starting pitching. Look at the Brewers. The Brewers have given up six runs in this series, and they're down two to one. They've played three games. They've given up six runs. They're down two to one. Um, or it's seven runs, something like that. Yeah, seven runs. They've scored two. The Braves have scored seven in six games. Um, so, yeah, starting pitching is important. Pitching is important in general. But you need a lineup. You need to be able to hit. Look at what the Astros have done. The Astros have mashed their way to two wins in this series, um, and, and every game has been high scoring. But um, very impressed with what the Red Sox are doing, and this is why it matters when you, you got to get hot in the playoffs. And the Red Sox are on fire right now. Kike Hernandez is like on another planet right now, um, and and guys are coming through. And when it when it matters, I can't believe the serious Kike Hernandez is having. I can't believe the season Kike Hernandez had. And you're right; it's all about who gets hot right now. Boston's hot. And I'll tell you. That's going to take them as far as they stay hot. That's going to take them to the world series. I don't like, I really think Rafael Devers is just, I know he gets a lot of recognition, but I think he is one of the most underrated players in baseball because that guy is just an, we talk about Juan Soto and how he's so, so young and such a great hitter. Devers isn't on the same level as Juan Soto, but he sure is impressive for a young guy, the way he approaches at bats and, the swings he puts on balls and the 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 how he's not phased by any pitcher. He can hit anybody. Um, he really is something special. And he's and he's a clutch player also. Yeah, eight ninety OPS, hundred and thirty two OPS plus thirty eight home runs. Yeah, he's been legit, and he's only twenty four. He's not in that class. You're right, but he's he's right outside of that class. He's nothing to look twice at. Um, he might be a free agent after next year, which is insane to think. But yeah, he came really? up in twenty seventeen. He met the he's rookie 20. requirements. Um, but he, you know, he might've came up later in the year and they got that extra year out of him. He had 58 gate. He had 58 games played in 2017. Yeah. I have, he's a a free agent in 2024. He's eligible for arbitration. So there's probably a bunch of technicalities in his contract. Um, I need to talk about what I just heard in this broadcast and it is a problem in general, especially in baseball with broadcasting. The guy Joe Davis that was on this broadcast, I think, is excellent. The the, mm-hmm. the Dodgers announcer, I love. He's unbelievable. I love listening to him call games. Um, we we know. I think everybody knows how we feel about the ESPN booth. It's terrible. Um, thank God, Vescursion's uh, leaving, and the biggest part is we need Aaron to leave. But anyways, I want I want to say something about that when you're done. Okay, John Smoltz, he is. Obviously, John Smoltz is a Hall of Famer, great pitcher. Loved hearing, you know, t- little tricks and insights about the game. That's cool and everything. He said, with a m- men on second and third just now in the bottom of the ninth of that Red Sox game, with Kike Hernandez up and Rafael Devers on deck, 
one out. He said, Ray should think about walking Hernandez here to take away that push button. I was like, what? What? Because the race had three guys. Um, they had a guy playing up the middle. They were shifting, and they only had one guy on the right side of the infield. So he was saying to take away the risk of the Red Sox doing a safety squeeze and a push bunt to the right side of the infield, they should intentionally walk him. To face? To face Rafael Devers. Oh, good. With the bases loaded and mm-hmm. one out. So now – you can't pitch around Rafael Devers because if you do, you're going to walk in the winning room. I, I, I don't. Yeah, that, that makes no sense. That's got that's got to be like to take away a push punt. I would get it I'm, if Raf, Rafael Devers was up and Kevin Pilecki was on deck. Sure. I mean, listen, it, you're kind of in a no-win situation at that point. You have Kike yeah. up, who's been incredibly hot, and then you have Devers on deck. Right. So you're in a, there's no situation in which you, you want, like, you're not saying, Oh, th- this is a better situation. Like it's, it's both crappy. Right. So yeah, that, that makes no sense at all. It is. And I know you want to make a point. Um, it is really bad. The, the ESPN booth, like they really need to figure out something about that because ESPN is supposed to be the worldwide leader in sports and all their, except for their uh, NBA, all of their commentators are not that great. The, the Monday Night Football booth, I don't like it either. I think Lewis Riddick makes a bunch of stupid points. I don't. I'm not crazy about Steve Levy either. But uh, I'll let you. I'll let you make your point that you wanted to say about the ESPN booth. Well, the Colts just missed a game-winning field goal, going overtime. Um, Matt Vashkersian did a game on MLB Network on Sunday. He did the Red Sox Ray game, and Matt Vashkersian without a Rod, without ESPN is good he, he's not my favorite again but he's good he's a solid national broadcaster i've heard him do angel games on the regional network he is good mm-hmm. it's just when he's doing espn and when he's with a rod he's a different person and i almost feel like he has to carry that booth when he's with a rod yeah. because a rod seriously knows nothing now, he, now he's late vascarsion's gone from espn he wasn't the problem it's a rod and they're trying to keep a rod i don't understand what they think what they see i mean their ratings have gone up but i don't think that's because of the booth i think that's just because of you know baseball is not back but the ratings are good right so they yeah they they have a massive problem with a rod i think they're like told at espn to ponder to the casual fan because i you know that they when you think about it i guess most of the viewers are casual fans but then again i would say i would give a rebuttal to that because what casual fans gonna like instead of you know doing whatever they're gonna do on a on a weeknight Sunday night say let let me watch a Sunday night baseball game like I, I think the majority of those viewers would be um fans that are interested um I guess they're they're thinking maybe more you know kids and people who are interested in getting the baseball that are watching but yeah, some of the – It's not like A-Rod's teaching you anything. It's not like oh, A-Rod's yeah. growing this game. And that wild card game was just absolutely – it honestly kept me entertained. The Yankees lost that game. It kept me entertained. Like, I was just waiting for something else that A-Rod was going to say, like some stupid thing. And then, I don't know if Joey Gallo, you know, uh, I guess since he took his number, he, like, hates him because every opportunity he had to criticize Joey Gallo, he talked. 
I mean, you would think Joey Gallo's banging J Lo, but yeah, ooh. with the way no, nah, they're split up now. She's with Ben Affleck. She's probably popping bottles right now because the Red Sox just won. Ben yeah, Affleck, she's, she's all over with Ben Affleck, and she's not oh, she fighting is? anything. Yeah, listen, dude, they big. don't call they don't call her Jenny from the block for uh, you know for nothing. It's the PDA all over the place. <laughs> I, I got a notification from the New York Post last week. They were in the city. Oh boy, Holy. yeah, they were like drooling all over each other. Anyway, he's, a, he's like a womanizer too. Uh, Who Affleck? Ben Affleck, yeah, they they were to, they were together. Yeah. This is their it's second all, time together. It's probably all for publicity. No, I think they're in love. Who knows, man? I I would like to know. Yeah, I'd like to know what goes. On. I would like to know what goes on in J Lo's head. <laughs> I would like. Why would you break up with A Rod? I mean, completely I off mean, the field. I think and completely out of the booth. A Rod's the boy. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, he's kind of like an egomaniac, but yeah, makes TikToks. He's he's the man. Oh yeah, he when he's not work, when he's not working, he's great. Right, and he's pretty. He's he. I actually like him in the Fox uh, broadcast booth. Yeah, I mean not the broadcast booth, the pregame, the Fox right. pregame and post. I think he's, he's not better bad. like that. He's better as a because you can f around and you're joking around with your friends, basically. Right. It's much more relaxed. There's not there's not a lot of pressure. You could say something stupid. Mm. You're just gonna have Frank Thomas and Big Poppy laughing at you. <laughs> Um, I want to say this. I was listening on. Uh, I was watching on Friday. It was the Astros White Sox, and Buck Shawalter was doing the game with Bob Costas and somebody else. He said something racist, and Buck Shawalter is sitting there saying, uh, criticizing the race, how they're using all these pitchers. Yeah, he was criticizing the Rays and saying, "Oh, they use all these pitchers, all these relievers. You would think they'd go out and get more pitching." To um, so they don't have to use all these relievers. And I was like, Buck, they want to do this. Like, this is how they yeah. win. Like, they use relievers. And somebody, had said, that somebody went back at him, and then he was like, no, you, th- you don't think they'd want more Tyler Glassnows? I'm like, of course they would want more Tyler Glassnows, but who wouldn't want more Tyler Glassnows? Yeah, like they're just selling them at the store. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's, it's I wouldn't crazy. take bullpen advice from Buck Showalter, the guy who didn't use Zach Britton in a wild card game. Hey, Buck Showalter said uh, if the Mets called, he, he, he'd pick up the phone. Oh, okay. Hopefully the Mets don't call. Yeah, I'd, I would not want Buck Showalter to be my manager. Listen, I don't even think Buck Showalter is like a bad manager, but I, I do not like that fit with the Mets at all. I, I do not. Either. I don't think he's a good manager, though, you know. He's uh he's pretty he's really outdated. Yeah. And that guy is outdated. Yeah. Um it's another Tony LaRusso. But Tony LaRusso has been an analytics guy since the 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, LaRusso's outdated when it comes to you know being in the locker room, obviously, and and dealing with players, but he's kind of on the same page, I would guess, with that front front office. Right. Uh, there's somebody oh we'll talk about the football broadcast when we get to it because that was a mess yesterday it was troubling. did you see how many points you have um yes you have 212 points yeah please keep talking your crap about my team in that that's league. an amazing please. performance from a two and uh an oh and four team like you're just wait until i go on a run here 
All right. Okay, and go nine and four and beat your ass and put All my right. name on the trophy. Okay. 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 I had enough of this shit talking with my team. Okay. What else do we have? We we, we did one. We got series. Brewers Braves, and I really want to talk about this series because I have beef with the Brewers. The Brew Crew, listen, you know they're my they're my guys, right? Mm-hmm. How are we doing taking out Freddie Peralta in the yeah. after four innings? And you know, I don't. You know, this series ain't over, but I've been saying it the whole year. This team's really good. Like their pitching is very very good. But I was just never feeling this offense to, to take them far in the playoffs. And they're even exceeding my expectations uh, in terms, you know, uh, in, the, in the opposite direction. They're making uh, – <laughs> they're putting up – they put up two runs in 27 innings in three games, uh, which is just, like, awful. They got shut out twice, and they won that other game two to one. So, they better get these bats going because uh, – they're not, not going anywhere. Time. They're scoring one run a game, not even. Can I, I think like, I'm a big guy, right? I'll say this. Yeah. I've never seen a combination of fat people on a baseball team. Oh, for the Brewers? Daniel Vogelback. Yeah, Rowdy Telez. Oh, Rowdy Telez and Omar Navarez. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. You got three-fifths of your offensive line right there. Yeah. And Vogelback's a Big dude. I mean, yeah. Vogelback couldn't even play football. I'd be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. He is that big. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't know uh, what kind of food they got in Milwaukee, but it must be good because yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Those boys can yeah. eat. They really can't. Vogelback's gigantic. I mean, look, mm-hmm. he came up to to. I was in class today watching the game. He comes up the back. I was like, oh, oh good God. What do you, what do you okay. think? I'm listening. To I'm telling you, teacher. Yeah. You think I'm listening to English literature? I'm, I'm watching Braves. You're Brewers. taking English literature. Yeah, it's it's like English comp oh, too. What are you reading, like Shakespeare and crap? Actually, yeah, I'm that's dominating horrible. though. I'm that's dominating. So, you know that dude Shakespeare? That's another guy who was like on acid and just like just scribbled a bunch of words on a piece of paper. You think I give a crap in 2021? Like that ain't that's not even. Yeah. What is that? That's not English. I don't understand why professors think I would give a crap about listening yeah. to this guy who has no clue what I'm dealing with right now. You taking philosophy yet? No. Oh, wait for that. No, that's I'm not gonna, taking that. No, that's no. gonna be something else. I took psychology. Those dudes would just they would literally look up at the sun and be like, huh, why is this the sun yellow and why is the sky blue? And you that's literally an entire course. Just talking about how much of a genius they are for asking that question when it's just it's like this guy obviously just like smoked too much weed one night and just wrote a bunch of shit down on a piece of paper and made a course out of it. School's a joke. It was a joke. Um, no, this yeah. is a joke. Oh, God. The Ravens are about to score. Hopefully they do. Um, Colin Coward's a joke. And when we get to Tell football, me why my boy Colin Coward. Well, no, no, no. Joke. I'm not going to say yeah, because when we get to football, I got a lot to say about your boy Colin Coward. Yeah, I got a lot to say about your boy Troy Aikman. Okay. Um, all right. We have not covered the Dodgers and the Giants series, which is – Currently in the middle of their game. I only put. I was actually watching it while you were talking. No, I'm kidding. I one nothing on Giants. Oh, I like the Giants to win today. My prediction. They really. I don't know what it is. What, what kind of magic they got running in San Francisco? But this team is. How a hundred and seven games, they won wins, and 
Logan Webb, Alex Wood, all these guys, like, phenomenal. Kevin Gosman, phenomenal year. And so, Logan Webb can pitch. Yeah. So That guy can pitch. He had a really good first half. He had, like, a three-something ERA, and then he said, well, watch my second half, and had, like, a 2-7, and then earned the game one start. So this team's a very balanced and just all-around fundamental team that has good talent bullpen. everywhere on the field. Uh Gallsman kind of took a step back, but um, he still uh, did. He did he pitch terribly last week, uh, the last game. Um, I'm not gonna. Well, that was a game against Urias. I, I didn't watch a lot. No, of he didn't pitch terribly. Time. He didn't pitch good, but he didn't pitch terribly. Five innings, four runs. No, he wasn't that bad. Listen, they. I think right now they're going to the World Series, like today. Okay. My pick is Astros Giants World Series. What are you saying if they lose this game, though? I still like them. Okay. Fair enough. I think I think they're like I didn't believe all year, and I didn't even believe when we got to the postseason. And I'm sitting there watching them the other night, and I'm like, right, yeah, that that's this is this is a team. I watched Logan Webb dominate Mm -hmm. that Dodgers lineup, and I'm like, yeah. There's there's something there, you know. There's something there. I don't know if it's going to get them to the top. But something's rolling over there in San Francisco that's working, and I, I think they're gonna get. I think they're gonna beat the Dodgers. Yeah, there's just like that magic. Um, did you Ravens see win. what? Did you see what Ryan Tapera said? Yes. Yeah, I really want to talk about this. Yeah. So you could explain it. I'm, I don't even remember exactly. What so Ryan Tapera basically said he's a reliever for the White Sox. He basically had said, "Oh, well, did you see the Astros bats when we played Game Three here." In Chicago, how, you know, there was a lot more swing and misses, how they weren't on top of everything. And basically, he wasn't accusing them of cheating, but he was saying, listen, this team is sketchy. They've had a sketchy past, and I wouldn't put it past them. Listen, I don't want to, you know, uh, I kind of hope that he's exaggerating and nothing's going on because um, I, I just want to move on from all this crap with the Astros and everything, and I, I, ha- I have – like, I still really don't like the Astros, um, and I don't want to see them win, but I'm not, like, you know, still so butthurt about everything. Um, Red Sox-Astros, what do you want to win? The Astros. Okay. Um, Good answer. But um, I really do hope he's lying, and, you know, he has a right to be a little sketchy. You know, think things are a little sketchy because – that's the way it went when they were cheating. You know, they were swinging and missing a lot more at home uh, on the road and putting up more runs at home. But uh, if they had the balls to do that again, it, it, it would be something. But I don't, hey, I don't think they are. Ryan Tarepa, you're going to look like an idiot now because you opened your mouth and you have no proof. Yeah. He shouldn't have said anything. That's all right. I'm going to say. Right. I don't. Th- I don't think they're cheating. Per- I personally, I don't think they're cheating. Me neither. And especially, but. it's been. It's. It was one game. Chill out. You know. Well, you he's and- talking. They put five runs on you in two innings. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, okay, they didn't finish the game great. They were up on you guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, shut up. I, next, please. I. It's just so annoying. I, I don't know why I'm like. Def- I've been defending them, but. I don't know. I like these comeback stories of like, oh, we're hating on, we're hating on us against the world. I like those stories. I want right. to, I want to see it happen. 
Um, yeah, for, I for an entertainment purpose. I understand why you don't want it, but for yeah, an entertainment purpose, no, I get it. Of course, that's like the way the Yankees have been with everything. You know, they're they've been the the evil empire. Right. And it's kind exactly. of fun to root for a team like that because you're like, okay, well, everybody hates us. Must be doing something right. Yeah. Hop on. Hop off. Yeah. Um, you want to touch on Mets Yankees a little bit? I do because I'm very interested in this. Um, what, what do you want to do? Let's do Yankees because yeah. we missed an episode where the Yankee we did not get to talk about the Yankees lost the wild card game, but I mean that's completely out of the news cycle now. The team that beat them is in the ALCS. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, Yankees got decisions to make, and I think they're going to keep it easy here. You know, personally, I think they're going to keep Boone. I wouldn't move off of Boone. My tone had changed from the middle of the season with Boone and Cashman, but I'd, I'd keep both of them. I think it's a no-brainer. I, Boone's a good man. He's a, I, th- I think he's a smart baseball man, and he does make a couple of mistakes. I know Yankee fans get on him, but I'm giving you an unbiased look at it. Who are you going to hire? That, that's who I'm going to say. Who's better than him? You know, I'm I'm still honestly torn if I want Boone gone or not. Um, and I do expect him to come back, even though his contract is uh, expired. I think they're going to renew it. Um, and, you know, he, he's had, he had a sketchy year. There, he had a lot of criticism. The team obviously underperformed. But I don't think that's all to put on him. I think the way, you know, we realized this roster was a little flawed. I think how Steinbrenner's to blame. I think Brian Cashman's to blame. Um, I think Aaron deserves some of the blame, yes. Um, but I think that Boone is going to come back. He's loved by the players. He's loved by the front office, everything like that. Um, but they need to figure out something soon because this championship window has been open for, for about five years now. And it ain't going to be open for a, for a long time. So they need to figure out some things this offseason. I think you need to change at least two positions uh, on offense. You need to fortify the bullpen better. You need to maybe fortify the end of that rotation. Um, but Brian Cashman, like I said, deserves some of the blame. I think his job is safe. I would not fire him. But, uh, you know, he's got some questions to answer, and he, he needs to be better because the way that this team was built this year, it was uh, – they were lucky to honestly make it as far as they did. We can put blame on Brian Cashman. Like, I, the blame is on Cashman and, right. and Steinbrenner and say, oh, his job's safe because he's yeah. earned that right. And I, I'm kicking myself for even thinking about the fact that I would consider firing Brian Cashman when I, when I said that a few months ago, because at the end of the day, Brian Cashman is one of the top executives in baseball yes. and he would be hired in a second by a lot of teams and a lot of top contending teams. The Mets would hire him right away. The, the Mets would hire him in two seconds, Jay. Yeah. Cohen and, and Cashman are like butt buddies. Yeah. It'd be done in two seconds, but we could, like it's on Cashman. It's completely on Cashman. He mm-hmm. didn't do enough. It's completely on Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner didn't give Cashman enough money to spend the season to in the offseason to improve this team. You so know that's where the blame is. You're right. You know they didn't they didn't want to go over that luxury tax. And I think that whole point that Hal Steinbrenner was saying, where you know he said you you know I just saw the Rays beat us in the ALDS and make it to the. Uh, the World Series last year, and they have a quarter of our payroll and everything like that. Like, we don't need to go over the luxury tax. Yes, that is true. The Rays did do it with a lot less money. However, you are not the Tampa Bay Rays. You do not operate the same way that the Tampa, Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays do. You do not have the same philosophies, have the same manager, have whatever. 
um, you can spend more money and that you, you need to, because the Yankees had a lot of flaws on their team. Um, they were way too right-handed uh, hit, you know, they have way too many right-handed hitters. They weren't athletic enough. Their defense wasn't great enough. They weren't good enough at base running, everything like that. Um, if they had some pitches on trouble on the pitching side as well, and they missed out on some guys this offseason. And I think the main guy you want to talk about is Marcus Simeon, a guy that would have fit in really well to this team. He wouldn't solve your left-handed hitting problems, but he would obviously provide you a very good bat in a position where it's hard to find a really good bat. But I think Michael Brantley's a name that comes up all the time. Yeah. I think the Yankees need to be very aggressive this offseason. And to be honest with you, I don't know if they're going to be. It's, 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 it's very, it's going to be a little scary. I'm, I'm, I'm very nervous for how this off season is going to go because I think you need to kind of uh, retool a lot this off season. I think you got to let go with some guy, let go of some guys that maybe have done a, a decent job and say, yes, you've done a good job, but we need to find somebody better. And when I say that, I, I mean, I think Luke Voigt's gone. I think that's an obvious one. I think, Gio Urshela could be gone, and that's kind of what I'm saying, where you've done a good job, but we need to find better. That's maybe where Marcus Semyon can fit in or somebody else, Corey Seager, but I don't think Seager is open to playing third base. Um, and maybe somewhere in the outfield. I mean, where does Aaron Hicks fit into this team next year also? I don't think he fits in at all. Yeah, and that's a tough piece to move coming off a 20-game a, a season or whatever he played. They, I, I disagree with you. I think they're going to be ultra aggressive. I think you're going to. See. I hope you're right. I don't they think you play. just said two positions, you know, on the, on the offense. I think more, I, I see this team being a completely different team than it was last year. I don't think Rochelle you... is back. I, I think you're getting Seager. I think they'll make a move in the outfield as well. You or know, DH spot. They're going to need a first baseman. I don't I think don't they're bringing get... Rizzo back. I don't want to be a, a nut here, but I would say something that is unlikely, but I wouldn't completely shut down is, what are you a, about to say? is a is a Stanton trade. I think you could see if things get a little crazy, you can move Stanton because obviously people see how great of a hitter he is when he's healthy and he's on. And I don't want them to move Stan. I love Stan. I, he's a great player for our team. But if Brian Cashman thinks, okay, I think we need to change up our uh, our lineup a little bit and, and the way we play baseball and, and get maybe a little more flexible in the outfield or with the DH spot, and he wants to shed that contract and, and trade away Stan, I don't think that's completely out of the question. But the number one priority this offseason, we all want to talk about how they need to improve in certain areas – Extend Aaron Judge. Do not let Aaron Judge go into this next season on a contract year and try and re-sign him in the offseason when he's an unrestricted free agent. Do not do that, please, for the love of God. All right, I want to ask you about Judge's contract in a minute. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can move Stanton. I still think that contract is t- – and not taking anything away from what he did last season, from yeah. what he did just past season, he was great. He was clutch. He was unbelievable you're going to be dealing with a handful of teams that are willing to take on that contract. As long as the DH is in the NL too, you know, I mean, you, you could have a team like the Mets who are going to have a lot of money to spend, but I, 
I don't know. I still think that contract's almost immovable. Agreed. And and listen, we're talking like completely hypothetical, crazy yeah. hypothetical scenario right now. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, I think it's definitely more possible than it would be in the past couple of years. Now, a judge extension. I agree with you. They should get they. I, he deserves it. Um, big extensions for big star players. I'd say about 70% of the time, probably more, the back end of that contract is not good. So almost that's higher than 70, like 80% of the time, the back end of the contract is not good. The cold contract in six years is not going to be good. Mm. The the DeGrom possible extension is not going to be good at the end of it. The Lindor contract doesn't look good right now. It's not going to look good in seven years. So it's not, it's not going to look good, but what does an extension for him look like? Well, before I get to that, I mean that that's what you that's what you sign up for when you sign star players like that. You know, you know in in the long end, you know, it's not gonna look as great. And you know, you've seen guys like Pools and Albert and uh Miguel Cabrera and A-Rod and guys like that fizzle out towards the end of their contract. The only guy who's like an anomaly to that is Max Scherzer, who's in the last year of his deal right now with the Nationals. Obviously, he's on the Dodgers right now, but he's still a Cy Young candidate. Spats get paid a lot. Unbelievable. Too. That's literally the greatest contract in baseball history. That Anyways, might be. Um, yeah, you know, you expect that. And I think a possible extension for, I mean, he's going to be 30. So I think he gets like eight years. And I mean, it depends. You know, he's not a free agent. So. You know, maybe he goes the club friendly route a little bit, the hometown. Not club friendly, but a little less than what he would get. Right. On the He's market. not going to, you know, sign up for 20 million a year. But I'd say if they're lucky, like eight years, 215 gets it done. But right. I, I think you could, you know, that's a team friendly one. But if his, you know, agent is aggressive and they're not going to give them a hometown discount, then that number ends up well into the 30 million per year. And well above that. What is – I'm not good at math. What's – oh, let me do it on my phone. 215? You're right. 215 is like 26.5, 27 million a year. Let's see. I think you're looking – I, I think he'll try and get to eight, 30 million a year. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then – But they – boy, they got to take care of him. And, you know – we, I talked about them trading Stanton. A lot of people are like, I don't mean to say a lot of people. I don't really think in the media they say it that much because they're a little smarter than that. But a lot of the casual Yankee fans on Twitter and stuff are like, they should trade Glaber Torres. I think that's the last thing that they should do. Well, a couple of months ago, that was a discussion. Right. But it's $26.8 million, um, Yeah, I did it. But – why would you trade a guy who's under club control for a couple more years and isn't expensive and is at the lowest his value has been in a couple of years? Why would you trade him now? Unless you just find out, listen, there's not really a spot for this guy on the team, which I disagree with. And I actually do still believe in Glaber. I think he's still going to be able to fix whatever problems he's got going on right now. Um, I think he could be a service. Like, I think he could be a pretty, I don't think he's going to be like a 30, 40 home run guy. But I think he could be a productive player at second base for you. I don't. I, I don't think he'll be a problem. I still genuinely believe that this guy can be like a multiple time All Star in his career. I, he the talent is there. 
whatever he's got going on, he's got to figure out. A lot of it's mental. But, you know, but let's let's go quick over the the, the positions one more time. I talked about – because I talked about a show, I talked about Void, but I forgot to mention Gary Sanchez, which I mm. think, you know, if they keep Sanchez – I won't, I won't be that mad about it just because Gary, you know, he is what he is. It's not like this is a glaring hole on this team because how many great teams have great catchers? You know, that's not, not many. So, you know, a guy who has a 750 OPS, you take that as a catcher, that's pretty good. But the defense isn't there. You know, the defense isn't great. He's got a great arm, but the, the overall body of work on the defensive side isn't all that good. Not good. Right. But yeah. – that's enough about the Yankees. We, we, we spent a lot of time on baseball, honestly. So, uh, we can – what even is there about the Mets? The manager? No, please, give, 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 my, give my Mets more of a, a nasty I mean, We've been talking there, about huh? what the Mets should do in the offseason for freaking two months now. With who you see who one of, the, you see and... one of the candidates is for uh, president of baseball operations? No. You, you know Moneyball. Not Billy Bean. Uh, Jonah Hill. <laughs> What's that Paul, guy's name again? Paul the the pods the podsta. Oh my gosh. The He's been with the A's, the Indians, and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Yes. Okay. Maybe you guys can get Odell. Oh, here we go. With the snarky comments. I have picked out who I want to be the president of baseball operations. I've done my research. I have the guy. Oh. His name is Josh Burns. Now, who is he? He is the vice president of baseball operations with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's been a general manager. He's been a vice president elsewhere. He's been a president of player personnel. He has been with the Dodgers for about six years now. He's worked r- directly under Andrew Friedman. He's um he's pretty he's got a nice track record. The only thing that he's done bad, it's a little slight thing. Oh God. He was the general manager of the Diamondbacks, and he traded Max Scherzer. But that's it. I mean, that's... Oh, okay. No. That, I, I thought you were going to get into some... He's got some sexual assault case or something, because that's what right up the Mets... Well, that's 60% of this damn job. If yeah. you cannot get arrested, be a creep, uh, you're good. Like, yeah, you're better than all the rest don't of them. Don't crash into yeah. a tree. Yeah, don't do anything stupid. Please, God forbid. I just want stability. I just want to win. Like that's, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the Mets when the offseason comes because they, yeah. I think the Yankees are going to have a busy offseason. The Mets are going to have an even busier offseason. So that'll be definitely a topic of discussion. We spent a lot of time on baseball. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to talk about some football because the Ravens just won an overtime. They had a big comeback win over the Colts. Dumpster fire. And there's a lot. There's a lot to get to, but we'll be right back. The SNE Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. Episode 39. We are ready for the NFL. There's a lot to get to. First, we do want to start off with the news that broke uh, Monday night about John Gruden, he is resigning from the Raiders head coaching job. Um, they went back, they were looking at uh, emails from 10 years ago. There was a couple of emails from seven years ago, a lot of misogynist, misogynistic things, a lot of sexist things, a lot of racist things said in these emails from John Gruden. 
And the, the first thing that came out was on Friday, they were going through emails and now they just found even more things throughout the weekend. And he is gone. He has resigned. Yeah. What a disaster this relationship has been. Um, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't that crazy up to this point, but uh, obviously this is an insane thing that happened and something nobody saw coming um, and well-deserved that John Gruden's out of his job. But I, I don't want to put um, an, an unsensitive twist on this because I think, you know, it, it's the, the topic and the, co- the controversy that went down is um, unfortunate. And it's, it's, it's kind of disgusting that, that we have these things in the sport still. We have people like this in the sport. But in terms of the Raiders, I think this uh, – losing the head coach here, I, I don't think it's a – it might be a blessing in disguise because I don't think this relationship was ever meant to last. Uh, the, the contract in the first place was absolutely ridiculous, 10 years, right. $100 million to a guy who hasn't coached in basically 15 years. Um, so – Gruden, I don't think he was a great coach. I don't think he was a great executive, you know, in terms of drafting and, and signing players and whatnot. So th- this could be a blessing in disguise for the Raiders, uh, who are off to a pretty good start to the season, but have struggled as of late, which you kind of expected. We don't really think this team's going anywhere anyways. But, um, yeah, just crazy drama-filled, unexpected story. It is, and they were um... – they were fishing through emails from the league because, you know, it's like text messages 10 years ago, group messaging the emails, and they were fishing through them. They're looking for something else. Right. The New York Times had come across, saw this, and it was like, oh, boy, you know, they, they're investigating something. And they were like, oh, boy, this is a story. This is big. So you're right. It's unfortunate we still deal with these things. And uh, Gruden's out and um, a 10-year contract that most likely was never going to go the right way. Right is now finally over. Right. And you're right. It definitely could be a blessing in, in disguise here that they finally get to move on and maybe even restart the franchise. Here yeah. And I don't think this uh, – I mean, Gruden's not – he's done. Like, he's going to fall off yeah. the face of the earth now. He's not going back to Monday Night Football or anything. Obviously, he he's out. Um, he'll probably go coach a high school football team somewhere or something like that. Yeah, he'll go, he'll go back home and coach something. But um, Yeah. So – Unfortunate. Obviously, we. I'm. I'm sure the Raiders won't hire a coach until the end of the season. They. Uh, they're promoting one of the assistants. Yeah, and his name is very confusing. It's usually how it goes. Get it. Um. Um. It is. Um. Rich B. Biscaya. Biscaya. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. They have like Rod Marinelli on that. They've Gus Bradley on the coaching staff. So they're promoting right. this guy. Good luck to him. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty tough situation over there. Let's um, move on here and let's talk about uh, very quickly the Giants and the Jets. We'll start with the Giants here as they go to Dallas and pick them in our picks to um, cover the spread. Ooh, I, thought you did. Cover the seven. I, th- I thought they cover the seven. I don't think the, the outcome, I thought they would lose. I didn't see them winning this game. Not only was the outcome bad, just like I couldn't have drawn it up any worse than how the game actually went. Right. The Giants lose their quarterback who couldn't walk. That's how hard he got hit in the head going for a running in for a touchdown, trying to run in for a touchdown. They lose their running back. They lose the wide receiver, Kenny Holiday. They they were, were already without Jabril Peppers. They were already without 
uh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. They were already without Andrew Thomas. I mean, like, it just, you had no chance. You had right. no chance going into this game, especially with Thomas out. And you, the, the improvement Thomas has made is, is, is unbelievable to me because as I'm watching that game last week, I'm like, on Sunday, I'm like, holy crap. Like, Thomas has been playing very well considering the fact I'm watching Nate Solder get blown up on the left side, and you saw Jones was very uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Um, you're right. The Andrew Thomas, the way he's played so far, has been very, very uh, surprising, and it's great for the Giants. Um, but, yeah, you could tell Jones wasn't very comfortable yesterday. Before he got hurt, he wasn't having the greatest game. He was missing some throws. Obviously, had a lot of pressure on him. Um, but you're right. Anything that could go wrong did go wrong yesterday. You Saquon, you got to feel bad for the guy at this point. I mean, the way the way the injury happened, it was away from the play. Just a freak kind of thing that happened. Um, if Jones, the quarterback puts the ball on him, it doesn't happen. Right. Jones, um, that was an unfortunate play. Probably could have avoided that. Um, bad play call. If you could stuff it in from the one-yard line. The two plays before then, you don't, you're not dealing with this. Jason Garrett strikes again. I mean, that's yeah. all, that's all I say. I mean, if that guy's not out of a job at the end of the year, then I don't know who will be. Um, I'm coming to terms with this Giants team like, like this get rid of Gettleman, get rid of the whole front office, get rid of Judge, start fresh, wow, start okay. completely fresh. If the quarterback plays well enough to keep himself here, I'm okay with that. Right. But start fresh with the general manager and head coach. Get like clearly this franchise needs a massive, massive change. Right. And the front office, besides from Gettleman, is the same thing from the last regime, from Reese's regime. Mm -hmm. So you, you didn't really change anything except the guy that is ultimately making the final decision, but you still have the same people right. collaborating and getting him to this decision. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a, the Giants franchise is a mess. It's a dumpster fire. It, a guy to blame is 100% John Mara. I don't want to hear from this guy until he fixes this. Yeah. But yeah, Kadarius Tony look really, really good. I was good. just about I mean, to say that. That's Tony. the only positive you could take away from that game is Kadarius Tony. Besides him throwing a haymaker. But, that's, uh, that's a positive. That's yeah. a positive. You throw as many haymakers as you want, as long as the game's over and it's out of Dallas Cowboy. Right. That's okay. Right. But yeah, um, Kadarius Tony looks like a serious player. And um, not, again, I, I liked him coming out of college. So we'll listen. We'll see if he can keep this up. But he, I mean, he looks like he's a special guy. Right. I'm watching the highlights yesterday. He is so shifty. He is so he is. quick and he is so explosive when he gets mm -hmm. the ball in his hands. He, he, I think he's going to be a very good player. You know, I got to say one thing. I'm not loving the number, though. 89? Yeah, I don't like that number on a receiver. It's a little tight endish to me. Yeah. I'll call him up. I'll tell him. All something. right, yeah, let him know. <laughs> he says he likes the number. Okay. He says the player doesn't – he says the number doesn't make the player. The player makes the number. So he wants to make 89 special. It, it, was, a nice, it was a nice quote. Fair enough. I mean, if the number is the biggest of his problems and he's doing something right. Yeah. He was, he got, he's punching. You know, guys. and that's kind of the way I guess we'll shift over the Jets now because I wanted to make that Please. point with Tony about Elijah Moore because I think, you know, that they need to do a better job. The Jets have had this problem and it continued on Sunday with they get off to these awfully slow starts. That's not a problem. It's a concern offense. at this point. Yeah. And I think part of that contributes to they're not getting it in the hands of their playmakers enough. And I think Elijah Moore is one of those guys. 
And I think they're force feeding the ball to Corey Davis too much and just trying to, you know, get designed too many plays to him, establish him as the number one guy, whatever. Now let's see what this kid Elijah Moore can do. We heard all of this kind of similar to Tony um, in the terms of how explosive, you know, he's very uh, shifty. He's a fast guy, runs a sub four, four. Um, and, you know, they're a little different. Tony's more of that uh, kick return, elusive uh, run after catch guy. But Elijah Moore is supposed to be this great route runner. And, you know, you can put him in the slide, you can put him outside. And I haven't seen them get that creative with him. And I think that's on Robert Salads, on Mike LaFleur. Um, so Zach Wilson's got to play better also. But, you know, this is a, a growing year for him. You can't put too much pressure on this team. And, you know, I'm watching that game yesterday and I'm getting invested in it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I have enjoyed this season because I'm very happy to be back at the point where I'm just rooting for my team to win. I'm not worried about, you know, what draft pick are we going to have and who's our quarterback going to be. I want the team to suck because I want our head coach to get fired. I'm done with that. Um, so, you know, it was tough to see them lose yesterday, but they made a nice run and a comeback. Uh, Wilson had a, a good second half, a good two-minute drill uh, at the end. But something you want to see out of Zach getting better and better at is making the easy plays. You know, he, he spiked a screen pass. He's missed a couple you know, 10 yard throws that should, that should be completions. Um, his accuracy has been inconsistent. So we've seen, he can make the big plays. We can see, see he makes plays on his feet, but you know, you want to see him getting better and better every week. Even the best quarterbacks will take whatever the defense is giving them, yeah. whatever short stuff, you know, whatever, you know, it might not be the flashy play. Right. Tom Just, Brady's made a freaking career off of that. Exactly. I mean, he can Get make it to the Tom Brady, but he's made a career off of that. Get it to the guys that are open. Get it to the guys that, are, you know, it's easy. And he, he listen, again, it's growing pains. He's He'll figure it out. And I, the only concern I would have, and it's not even with Salah, because I lo- I really like this guy. The only – and it's not even a – I wouldn't even call it a concern. Just LaFleur has got to be better. He, yes. And I think 100%. the slow starts are on him more than they're on Salah. You know, right. and, Salah, and I love that Salah's taking blame for it. Yeah. But it's not, and he's taking blame for his coach, and that and that's good. Mm-hmm. But it's on the floor. I mean, we saw Adam Gaze, who was the play caller. I mean, the, this first 15 scripted plays, they were a Super Bowl team on offense. Yeah. And then when he had to make adjustments, you know, it was it was a shit show. Yeah. They make the adjustments. They, right. they come out in the second half, and they're really good. Right. Just put it together. That, that's I all. mean – one big positive to take away from that game, the defense didn't play well, but uh, a big positive to take away from the Jet game is take it with a grain of salt because I'm not a big fan of pro football focus, but um, with offensive linemen, it's a good way of evaluating them because we don't really have stats for offensive linemen. Elijah right. Tucker had a fantastic game. He was the highest yes. rated offensive lineman in the league. He had a 92 rating for pro football focus. So that's something that you like to see. 100%. Yeah, listen, just improvement from the whole team all, all week. The defense did not play well. They stepped up in the second half a little bit, yeah. but I'd say that's enough about our poverty ass New York sports teams. And let's get to the juicy headlines around the NFL. Definitely. Because the Buffalo Bills walked into Kansas City yesterday and said, No, no, we are the class of the AFC. Yes. We they were coming for blood last night and they took it. The Bills go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs 38 to 20. Long weather delay at halftime. Was yeah. not a fan of that. No. But um, yeah, there's a lot to discuss here. Um, number one being the Chiefs defense is it's a massive, massive problem. 
and I think they'll make the playoffs, but they're not going to be a high seed, and that's going to be because of that defense. And, and Patrick Mahomes, is, you know, we're, you're going to talk about it. Patrick Mahomes is, is trying to do too much. There's a lot of pressure on him, and he's making dumb mistakes that he shouldn't. Yeah. And listen, the Chiefs haven't had the easiest schedule, but that's no excuse for a team that, you know, has been to the Super Bowl two years in a row, uh, been to the, and has the worst defense in the league. Three in a row. Exactly. You know, you want to call yourself the favorite in the AFC. You want to call yourself a Super Bowl contender. They lost to the Ravens, uh, contender in the AFC. They lost to the Chargers, contender in the AFC. And they just lost to the Bills, contender in the AFC. And one of their wins was against the Browns in a game they probably should have lost. Um, But the Browns kind of gave that one away. Um, They've had a couple bad losses to Browns this year. But you're right. There's major concerns for this team. And, you know, we want to point out the defense and how much of a problem that is, but the offense didn't even look good yesterday. The offensive line is a problem. Yeah. And, and that, that it's, it's a new group. Great, but it's, it's a new group off the offensive line. And, you know, you, you, you think we know, we would know it takes time for these guys to, you know, get used yeah. to each other. You can't just put five brand new guys and tell them, okay, you're going to do this. And, you know, it takes a while to get used to each other. The Bills blitzed once yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was under pressure all game long, and they even sacked him twice. I bet so, you the Chiefs are really missing Mitchell Schwartz right now. Why didn't they bring him back? I don't know. I guess they saw something in him that everybody else uh, didn't see. You know, they don't. They just don't. Where is he? He's a free he, agent he, still, I think. So maybe everybody else does see it. I don't know. It's very odd. Because he was so good still. Yeah. Uh, Listen, they they improved the offensive line. I I give them credit. But they have to to play better. I want to get to this thing about, you know, we we like – I love debating with players, especially quarterbacks in the NFL. And we've put this pressure on Pat Mahomes where – you know, oh, he's the next, he's the baby goat. He's the next Brady. Is this and that? He's going to, oh my God, he's going to win so many Super Bowl rings and everything. This is, I feel like I've had this argument a million times. Tom Brady is a fantastic quarterback. One of the greatest that I've ever seen, talent-wise. That guy has been in the best situations that any quarterback can ask for. I mean, he had a top 10 defense. Just think about how crazy this is. He had a top 10 defense. 10 years in a row in New England. That is insane. I mean, just think about how rare it is to have a top 10 defense each year, having it 10 years in a row. Anyways, um, these quarterbacks can only do so much. Pat Mahomes can go out there and throw for a million yards and, and whatever, but without a defense and without a great team around you, you can only get so far. And we're starting to see cracks in the Chiefs right now. And, and, Mahomes isn't going to be able to get to the Super Bowl if this is the way this team is playing. I don't care how good he plays. And we saw it last year. They lost the Super Bowl because the offensive line was dreadful and the defense wasn't playing well. Yeah. He's not Listen. He's not God. Let's stop acting like Pat Mahomes. The guy is otherworldly talented. He's one of the best throwers of the ball I've ever seen. But let's stop acting like he's untouchable and is going to win MVP every single year and everything. There are a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. And Josh Allen and the Bills could have a dynasty on their hands. You do not know. Like, Josh Allen is very, very talented. Well, you know what? We did raise this bar to, to Mahomes. We, we did. The, you're right. There's a ton of pressure on him. 
and he looks like he's this otherworldly guy. And I, I still believe in him. I think for the next 10 years, I, I, I truly believe that we're still going to talk about him as the best quarterback. He's right. not going to win seven Super Bowls. Right. That's you're a, right. Exactly. I, I still think Pat Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback and I'm not calling him overrated or anything like that. The point I'm trying to get to here is yes, he's not going to win seven rings or whatever. And I don't think any quarterback's going to win seven rings ever. Honestly, I really don't think that's going to, unless there's a, another fantastic scenario that Brady's been in with the best coach of all time and the top 10 defense every year and great online and everything. I, I don't see that as happening. I mean, we saw it just give a couple of examples. We saw it. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl with a great Packers team. And then things started getting a little, uh, a little dysfunctional with, with the roster and he had a losing season. He missed out on the playoffs. Mike McCarthy got fired. Russell Wilson, beginning of his career, had a great start to his career, won a Super Bowl, lost one that he probably should have won. Then all of a sudden, no more Legion of Boom. Offensive lines getting bad. They're not winning the division every year. They're fighting to make the playoffs. They're they're falling short in the playoffs, whatever. Oh, look, look at the reason why. And I know nobody likes to talk about it. The quarterback gets paid. The yeah. second the quarterback gets paid, it's 25, 30% of your cap space going to one player. And Patrick Mahomes is taking up almost $50 million a yeah. year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of percentage of that cap. So I'm not telling the guy to take a pay cut. You shouldn't take a guy, tell a guy to take a pay cut. But you see a lot of these teams winning with these quarterbacks on whether it's a team-friendly deal or it's the rookie contract. Right. That's how teams are built. Right. It makes so, sense. And the roster, the, the, the Chiefs roster, they, again, they, they did the best they could rebuilding the offensive line. I think it'll improve throughout the year. I think it'll be a, a good offensive line. But the defense is a massive problem, and they haven't been able to spend on I mean, they spent mm-hmm. on Frank Clark and, and Chris Jones. Is that enough? Probably not. Right. Um. So, yeah, you're right. You, it's not even just to, to sign free agents. It's to, it's to bring guys back, you know, to re-sign people. Um, but going back to that, the point I was trying to say with, you know, setting expectations for guys and expecting these quarterbacks, you know, w- where we rip on quarterbacks for not having enough rings or whatever, all these team accolades. I mean, obviously winning is important, but like I just said, the quarterback can only do so much. I mean, we saw Deshaun Watson have one of the best years statistically as, as a quarterback that we've seen recently, and he went 4-12 and last year. But I want to bring up a point that Colin Coward said. Um, where he said that talking about Aaron Rodgers, and I, I, I don't know what he has against Aaron Rodgers, but I always see him ripping him apart in the media. Um, he said, Russell Wilson is undoubtedly a better player than Aaron Rodgers. And he said, Russell Wilson doesn't get his coaches fired. I don't really know where he's going with that because Mike McCarthy got fired from the Packers, but like, what the hell does that have to do with them being good quarterbacks or not? He was trying to get to the point where, you know, Rogers is so dramatic and he causes all these problems. Wasn't I just reading headlines that Russell Wilson was holding out for a contract and he wanted to get traded from Seattle and everything like that. So I I just don't, I don't like the way quarterbacks are treated, you know, in the media where there's like these different stigmas against each guy. Like, why can't we just evaluate everybody as a player and, and the way they perform and stats they put up and stop with all the other BS. Listen, I 
I, you know, I like Colin Coward a little bit. I think he's entertaining. I think he's a smart guy too. I think a lot of this, especially with um, Rogers now, is is guys getting back at Rogers. It's a lot of these media personalities getting back at Rogers at this point because he's called them out and he leaves everybody hanging. Um, also, I think he's a dramatic guy. I, 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 it's nothing against him. He's 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 a drama queen here in this whole situation. Uh, you know, in the pet in this off season and, and even a couple we've seen issues. Mm. But yeah, I mean to to take it out on his play, you know, there's there's no you can't back it up. There's right. nothing to back up. I think Wilson's a fantastic player. I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. He's not better than Aaron Rodgers, no. and he's he's wrong. So I I can't defend that there. Um, and by the way, not now because we don't have time. We're about to see the end of the Seahawks. Mm. I mean, you like, might be right. Honestly, you time. might be right. And I, I was, I hope we are going to see the end of the Seahawks because the Jets you might definitely have two do. top 10 picks this year, which would be nice. Um, I was just going to get to, oh, uh, you know, I really like Josh Allen. I really like the, you know, I like the Bills, but I Love wasn't, the Bills. I wasn't crazy confident about them going into this year. I, I was a little skeptical. I was I wasn't going to be surprised they had another great year, but I you know I thought maybe there could be a little regression in certain areas, but this team just looks like they're going to run over everybody. the The biggest difference for me and the reason why I picked them to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl was because I thought the defense would improve. They and sure that have. and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And you want to talk about listen the offense a couple you know they had a couple of weeks where they didn't look great. I thought the first two weeks and you know you could take it with a grain of salt. It's the first two weeks of the year. And they put up thirty five against Miami, but they didn't look great. It wasn't pretty. And obviously against the best one of the best defenses in the league, week one against the Steelers, it wasn't pretty at all. But man, are they putting it together? I mean, they put it together against a in quotation marks good. Right. Washington defense. And now, you know, they go to Kansas city and absolutely dominate. I, you know, it's, they're impressive. Right. They look very good. I think there's three teams in the AFC right now, three teams. And I think the bills are at the top and then it's the Ravens. And then it's the chargers. Those are the three teams right there. I don't yeah. think, I, I think that's pretty obvious. That's pretty I think, uh, I think the Browns deserve some recognition in there too. I mean, they've, they've had a, a bit of a, a rough road so far, but you know, they, they've, uh, They've shown that they can play with the the top dogs. You know, they almost beat the Chargers yesterday on the road in a crazy game. And Unfortunately, they, you know, they beat Kansas City. But but I know exactly what you're gonna say. I think Baker does restrict that team to a certain extent. You know me so well. Yeah, he has, he's not the quarterback. You know, no, he's not the, he's not the answer. I'm I'm kind of done with Baker. Um, you know who is the answer? Justin Herbert, because. Oh, I love Herbie. I mean, this guy had a fantastic rookie season, the best we've ever seen. And, you know, people were picking him to win the MVP this year. And I was like, all right, pump the brakes a little bit. You're I, crazy. You know, he had a great year. I don't think he's going to win the MVP. I'm not going to pump the brakes right now. I think there's a – listen, this might be the craziest take I've taken on the show. I think at the end of the year, we could be talking about who's better, Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes. I'll just say that that right now. Because he is not only doubling down on that season he had last year, he is taking another step. He's maybe taking two more steps right now. 
He is amazing. And that offense is so fun to watch. You listen, you know, Herbert's been my guy for a while. And I'll tell you, the Giants wanted him. I'll tell you, Brandon Staley is doing an unbelievable job. He is getting everything out of that offense right now. And did I pick him to win coach of the year or no? One of us did. I forgot which one. I think it was you, but then I like you did. And then I ended up looking at it and right right before the year started. And I was like, it's a good bet for coach of the year. You know what's the oddest part about this whole season with the Chargers, though? Where's Keenan Allen? Mike Williams is stealing the show right now. He is. And Austin Eckler. I mean, he's unbelievable. Austin Eckler's been great, too, in, in the pass game. And he's setting in the run game is setting up for the pass. Listen, you're right. They're fun to watch. They've been exciting. It doesn't matter who he's throwing to. That's how good he's been. Like He's not going to his number one guy. And Mike Williams has been considered a bust his whole career, and he's getting the best out of Mike Williams we've seen in Mike Williams' whole career now. Yep. So, yeah, he's been unbelievable. He's got a 104.7 uh, passer rating. Yeah. And 315 yards per game. He's got 13 touchdowns in five games already. He's completing 67% of his passes. I mean, Mike Williams got 470 yards, and he leads the NFL in touchdowns. That's crazy. It really is. So listen, I'm I'm rooting for the Chargers. There. I mean, I'm rooting for the Bills because they're my pick, and I support Buffalo Bills. They're my second favorite team. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not see me at Josh Allen jersey soon, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, thank. Big fan of my Oregon Ducks and my uh, Justin yeah. Herbert. Thing. No, thank you. I appreciate that. All these you know great quarterbacks are are in the AFC. That's no, please bring bring as you know, many as possible. Yeah. Yeah, you actually what you can do is. You can give us all the old like retreads, you know, right, to the NFC. Right. And yeah, you, you can get take the Tom all those Brady guys. and the Rodgers and the Wilson, yeah. the guys who are starting age. Yeah, no, we'll take we'll take all the young guys who are gonna be, you know, Hall of Famers. We'll take Jalen Hurts and Taylor Heineke yeah, and Kirk Cousins. That's fine. We'll take Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert. Yeah, it's okay. It really is. It's it's honestly unbelievable how and whatever the hell happens with Watson, if he somehow plays, you know, wherever he goes, if he stays in the AFC and is playing football again. There's another one. So, oh, Trevor Lawrence too. Mm. Yeah, he's there soon. He's in that class soon. Not, not, uh, not, not in that. Soon. On that, on that. Give it a year. Give it a year. Yeah. Um, uh, what else know, we the, got here? We're we're just about done here because what was it? this? Holy crap! It's late. Anyways, um, I just find it hysterical how this whole thing with Trevor Lawrence last year when the Jets were going to go 0-16 or whatever, and they were like, Trevor Lawrence needs to do everything just to avoid the New York Jets and everything. And, like, the whole time, I'm like, you know, the Jets are, like, a pathetic organization, but, like, why sure. are we acting like Jacksonville is this, like, desired destination? And uh, look at the freaking Jaguars. They haven't won a game since September of 2020. Their coaches getting lap dances from college girls at, at bars. Is the bar named after him? Yeah. So he he ain't in a better situation. I'll tell you that. No, it's not a better situation. And one of the worst takes I've had in probably my life is that Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence will beat an AFC championship game in three years. That was a bad, bad take. I'm a big Urban Meyer guy. And uh, yeah, don't look great. I'll tell you this much. You you asked me about three weeks ago. What do you remember? What you asked me? You said honestly, do you think Urban Meyer will be the coach of USC? And what did I tell you? Yes, I said yes. 
it's setting up to be that way. It yeah. is setting up so perfectly that in the fall of 2022, Urban Meyer will be on the sideline for USC. And guess what? None of this shit happens when he's the running the program. Okay. When he is a college coach, right? At, you know, at Ohio State and Florida, the, the athletic director is not the boss. The athletic director answers to the football coach. Unfortunately, it's how it goes. Okay, so Urban Meyer can hide whatever the hell he wants from everybody. He yeah. just does what and he answers to nobody. So he, he's doing whatever he wants, and the players aren't going to rebel against him. In the NFL, you have to answer to an owner. You have to answer to more media. You can't cover everything up, and your players can very easily disrespect you, not like you, and rebel against you. The NFL, and I was completely wrong on this, is not for him. He's going to go back to college, and he'll be the coach of the U.S. Why do you think all these college guys don't that coach at these big programs don't want to go to the NFL? Why the hell would I be Dabo Sweeney and want to go coach, you know, an NFL team? Yeah. You're you're making $10 million at, at a top college in the nation, and you have all this power and everything. Why, the, why would you want to go start fresh, start new, have the risk of getting fired? No. It has to be your dream job. Yeah. You know, like Lincoln Riley, if he was going to go coast to Cowboys, like that's what it would have to right. be. Something like that. It's just an example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Why? Why would they leave the, these jobs? Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. This Giants-Dodgers game is, it's one nothing right now. Brandon Crawford made a leaping catch. In the Did seventh. you see that? Dude. You were talking and I, I just went like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I, saw, I was watching that. Mm-hmm. I, I have you split between the Dodgers and the Giants here. On the MLB TV. Oh, look at you. Great purchase. And you know what? I just bought New York Sports, uh, New York Post, New York Post Sports Plus. Get all the inside articles, New York Post. Very good. It's the greatest city in the world. We got the greatest newspapers in the world. Love our city. I love our city. We got the greatest city in the world. Yeah, um, make sure it stays that way. Well, sports teams aren't. Mayor de Blasio's out, though, so his curse of not having a sports championship could be gone soon. I sure hope so. Yeah. Who, who's who's going to end it first? Who do, you, who do we think is going to end it first? What? Who do you think is going to end the drought first? What, uh, what, what team? team is going to what team um, is going to win the next championship? The Brooklyn Nets, I think, have the best shot right now. You know, I think I'm going to pick a hockey team. But, you know, I don't even want to include the Nets. Like, no, Nets they, aren't they even count. embraced as a, you know, a, a, a New York team compared to the way the other teams are. I am. They are stating, a New York team, but. I'm stating my um, fandom for the New York Brooklyn Nets. Oh, okay. I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. Oh, breaking news, everybody. Please check your phones. Po- post it everywhere. Michael Merlo is a Brooklyn Nets fan. This I'm is very what? proud of it. So we went and we went Knicks. Then we went. Were, were you a Heat fan when LeBron was on the Heat? No, Cavs okay. fan. When Cav, Cavs went. fan. Then Lakers. Didn't you have like a quick stint with like the Grizzlies or something or the Pelicans or something? The Pelicans, yeah. Pelicans, right. Big Pelicans guy. And um, the Hornets. I like the Hornets too. Right. The Hornets. Then you were back on the Nets this year. Um, yeah. And now your Nets for good. Good. Oh, and then weren't you, didn't you make a quick run at the Knicks for like a week? Yeah, I was big with the Knicks last oh, year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, back so with next the Nets, time. Though. Next time you want to provide an opinion on your favorite basketball team, just don't even say anything, please. I'm, not, I'll be with, I'll be in my time. Brooklyn Nets gear, no. and you know, it'll be no, good. no, it's not worth the time. Yeah. All right, this is. All right. Uh, 
Yeah, I gotta wake up in six hours for school. Ah. Whoop the freaking do. For you. And I get to work. I get to work with your brother tomorrow. I'm very yeah. excited. I get to get my new uh, my laptop back tomorrow. So hopefully not your not time. your new not your new laptop. No, your not old my new laptop. laptop. My new and improved laptop. It's uh you know got the new camera now. Um, and hopefully my picture quality is a little better next time. Hey, you you look good there. Ah, oh, thanks. All right, we will talk to you guys uh, next week.